Hello, welcome to the Mindful Motherhood Podcast. I invite you to stop, breathe, and mindfully explore ways to better understand and manage the daily struggles of motherhood. I'm your host, Maggie Metz. Today we continue our nine-part series on the fruit of the Spirit with a brief breath prayer and a conversation with Lori Reeves about the Spirit of Peace. I invite you now to practice a breath prayer centered on peace. If you are able, find a comfortable seated position. Roll your shoulders up, back, and down away from your ears. Close your eyes. Now begin taking deep cycles of breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Do your best to maintain these deep cycles of breath throughout the exercise. Today we are going to practice a breath prayer focused on increasing peace and diminishing chaos in our hearts. With each inhale, we are going to focus on embracing and increasing the peace within. And with each exhale, we're going to focus on extinguishing the chaos. We're going to repeat this breath prayer three times, taking a deep cleansing breath in between each repetition. So begin by taking a deep breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Then repeat after me, either mindfully or out loud. Inhale. I embrace peace. Exhale. I reject chaos. Take a deep breath. And again. Inhale. I embrace peace. Exhale. I reject chaos. Take another deep breath. And one last time. Inhale, peace abounds. Exhale, chaos dissipates. Take another deep cleansing breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Maintain these deep cycles of breath as you reflect on the overflow of peace and the dissipation of chaos. Simply reflect on the feeling of peace overflowing for a few moments. Notice any feelings and emotions that arise within as you continue to reflect on the overflow of peace. Continue deep breathing 
inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose as you allow yourself to mindfully rest in this space for one more deep cycle of breath. Now start to bring awareness to your body. Notice how you feel seated in an upright position, the same position in which you started this exercise. Notice places where tension still resides, as well as places where tension might have been released. Gently and without any judgment at all, compare how you feel now to how you felt at the beginning of the practice. Hopefully, after practicing this breath prayer, you find yourself with a greater sense of capacity to embody peace. Feel free to pause here and practice this breath prayer for as long as you'd like. But when you're ready to move on, take one more deep cleansing breath and open your eyes to a soft gaze. Today we have Lori Rees with us to talk about her journey of motherhood in the spirit of peace. Lori is a mama of five and wife to an artist and cartoonist who loves fly fishing and freelance oil, acrylic, and watercolor painting. Lori is a professor of social work, director of field placement, chair of CAS faculty, and vice president of Senate at Indiana Wesleyan University. In her spare time, she loves gardening, swimming, boating, and traveling to see her grandkids. Her favorite food is strawberry shortcake, and her favorite fictional character is Laura Ingalls Wilder from Little House on the Prairie because she brought to life a beautiful relationship between a father and a daughter. Lori is a bright, energetic, and passionate woman, and I'm blessed to know her in real life. I'm certain the words that she has to offer will be a blessing to you today. So, without further ado, Lori, welcome to the Mindful Motherhood Podcast. Thank you, Maggie, so much for the opportunity to talk with you today. I've admired you for many years, and so this is a nice... <gasps> admired me! ...treat for me to get to sit oh, with you goodness. in the space that you just own mm. and, and do so well. Mm. Well, thank you, Lori. The admiration piece feels like it's all mine, but honored to hear that there is mutual admiration. Why don't you start off just telling us a little bit about your motherhood journey? Sure. So started dating my husband when we were in high school. And we both had a desire for many children. Mm. He was the youngest of three, but there was such a gap within mm. his own family that he felt like an only child mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. And then I am the only biological child of my mom and dad because my dad was killed in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. There are no biological siblings. And I do have a half brother and a stepbrother, but no sisters. Okay. And so I watched my mom 
uh, who was one of seven living children. She actually had another sister that was stillborn. Mm -hmm. But she and her three sisters, very, very close, Mm -hmm. grew up very attached to her family, her mother, and all my aunts and uncles. So we would go Mm -hmm. to my grandma's every Sunday. And so had this desire to have this large family because I felt so much closeness to my mom's family growing up. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you have five children. I do. Yeah. What are their ages? And Our oldest son, is, uh, his name is Chris, and he is 32. Mm. It's hard to believe because I'm 54, but almost yeah. 55. <laughs> uh, second son, Cody, and he turned 30 this year. Mm. And we have a son, Colton, who is 26. Mm. Daughter, Courtney, who is 24. And the baby is Casey, a boy, who is 22. Yeah. So a nice, large family like you yeah, always dreamed absolutely. of having. I thought of six. We mm. used to say six, right? Eric mm. and I both. But boy, I think in my OB, I said, I don't think I'm ever going to want to stop. She said, oh, you will know. (laughs) Yeah. And as soon as I was pregnant with Casey, I knew that there was just no capacity for another. Though still in my mind, I'm like, oh. You never know. You know, they're they're still. And so so we do. We do try to take other children. Yes. That that need some parenting or mom and dad Mm -hmm. relationship, even though they can be adults. But Mm -hmm. we try to. Just that kinship. We try to offer that. um, Yes. To those who don't have that. Yes, you do. Mm. And even those who do, but need additional mentorship. I have had the privilege of experiencing that myself. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm thankful for that. And you. Thank you. So this might seem like a really simple question, but something that I've challenged myself not to complicate in this series, because it's about the fruit of the spirit. And I don't want to overcomplicate the question to the point where it doesn't allow for what the Lord has taught you about peace. And so what is peace? What does it look like? And what does it feel like? I think that's a great question. I would say peace is the thing that I have struggled the most to find (laughs) of all of the fruits of the spirit. Mm. And it is, I think, because when our third son was born, he was born with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I love individuals with disabilities. That was Mm -hmm. never the issue. Yeah. Uh, Work to carry services, have a stepbrother who's deaf. Mm -hmm. It was not at all about my heart an ability to love him. Right. It was about my fear of the future. Mm. And, and then I would turn just Christian friends and they would say, mm. oh, but you know, you just don't seem to have much peace. And so, so mm. there was this, I think, guilt that would head my direction mm-hmm. from well-meaning Christians mm-hmm. who would tell me what they thought I needed. Mm. But it is a journey yes. that I had to walk through and I think that guilt was unhealthy. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that I didn't do some of that myself, mm-hmm. but I think we have to be so careful in telling someone else mm. how their parenting journey should look. Yes. And so I, I sought that peace, but it took me a long time to find it more with Colton's future than the others. I think mm-hmm. with the other children, I, I just, I was all in and my mm-hmm. husband was all in. And so there was this belief that if we really parent in a way that helps them see their value and worth, right? That we reflect mm-hmm. this mirror into their lives that shows them how deeply loved they are and unconditionally loved they are mm-hmm. and how much we want to spend time with them and, and, and to show them their strengths and, mm-hmm. and nurture those things, that that would be enough mm-hmm. and that they would have what they needed to be good adults. Mm-hmm. And I know there's no guarantee to that, but right. I at least felt like I knew the the formula with which mm-hmm. we were supposed to 
offer or mm-hmm. operate. With Colton, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like that. And yeah. so finding that piece honestly took me a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel bad about that anymore. Yeah. So what in a point in time when you could say that you were learning what it looks like and what it feels like, how did you know that you had found it or yeah. what changed or what was different? Yeah, I think for me, it was acceptance. It was very much wrapped mm. up with acceptance. So <laughs> I, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. I, I would tell you that I am determined to a fault. Yeah. Um, so it's a strength that can become an, a negative. And so yes. I would look at what he needed mm. and those needs were so great. Yeah. And because they were so great, I struggled with acceptance, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, that, that we were giving him enough because I'm not sure if it was even possible to do that. Yeah. Okay. So common thread here with the acceptance Mm -hmm. uh, for with Malin specifically uh, in a different way, because I can admit this point that I didn't necessarily have a very good understanding or openness to understand and to just people with disabilities and special needs, I thought I'm not equipped to help them to get what they need. I, it scared me. No one in my family had a disability friends. I went to a small Catholic school, uh, hadn't seen it and just was not exposed to any kind of disability. So it scared me. And so up to now, it's been a finding of acceptance that Malin has multiple disabilities. Absolutely. Honestly, of just of wrapping my mind around that and, and accepting that fact so that maybe now I'm getting to the point where I can truly try to understand and accept what am I doing for her and, and the fact that as long as I am seeing and knowing and loving her to the mm-hmm. best of my ability, that that is enough. I sense that I'm embarking on discovery of that stage of the process because yeah. I've just been so consumed by my daughter's disabled, mm-hmm. severely intellectually and physically disabled. And yeah. how is that possible? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think, though, that acceptance piece comes with that. That peace that only comes from God, it's different than the peace that the world says, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That peace comes from focusing on, on heaven mm. and the fact that the Colton that I wanted to help be able to talk, yes. communicate, right. feed himself independently, mm-hmm. go to the bathroom without a timer being set, mm-hmm. right? Independently shave. Yeah. independently brushes teeth. None of those things are happening and they're not going to happen. And I, and I'm okay with that now. Yes. But I thought all of that would be better for him. Mm-hmm. But what I know is we cannot focus on mm-hmm. this, what earthly makes sense. Right. We have to focus on the fact that in heaven, Colton will no longer be mm-hmm. chained yes. right? to, to, the, to what currently inhibits his ability mm-hmm. to communicate yeah. with words, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like, but my husband, who's an artist, has a much, he has a very clear picture of what he believes Colton in heaven uh, is mm-hmm. going to be like. And so wow. I rely on that vision that he has. But I have yeah. strong, strong peace about the fact that he will be there. Yeah. Um, this is so interesting, but 
I remember uh, speaking in an IW class. Uh, a professor had asked me to come in, and I, I, it was a psych class, and I was an adjunct at the time. Mm-hmm. And a student raised her hand and asked me, well, you know, something to the effect of if, if Colton wasn't in church every Sunday, you know, did I really think he'd be in heaven? It, it, was, it was a question that somewhat I thought was a little offensive, to be honest, yeah. because he was in church every Sunday. Yeah. And instead of doing what the other kids would do, he would take off his sock and shake it in front of his eyes or duck in the <laughs> toilet stool. Right. And so yeah. he just couldn't get anything out of church programming right. in a way that other kids could. Mm. Well, he must have got something out of living in a family of believers because every Sunday. He watches Salty the Singing Songbook mm. all day long on his VCR tape mm. every Sunday. There, there is, he is connected to this invisible world that mm-hmm. you and I know exists that, is, yeah. that we can't see. He is connected in a way that I can't comprehend that is yeah. different. Mm-hmm. He has, a, he has a, a, a vision into or something mm-hmm. um, with God that is beautiful. Yes. And it gives me complete peace. Yes, I know that to be true of Malin. And the moment I think I first realized that was when you told me about an experience that Colton had when you were outside and it was nighttime and the stars were shining mm-hmm. and he was reaching up his hands, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And like touching something that you mm-hmm. couldn't see, mm-hmm. but that he knows is there. Mm-hmm. There's this like supernatural, it's mm-hmm. God yep. kind of thing. And I began to notice Malin who at the time was maybe eight, seven or eight months okay. uh, worshiping with her body. Like mm-hmm. we had uh, music on and she was raising her hand up. Mm-hmm. And rather than just thinking, oh, that's, you know, a Reflect. coincidence right, right, yeah, right. of some kind. I saw her participating in worship versus just, you know, mm-hmm. raising her hand by coincidence or... Her brain telling her to do so for whatever reason. And uh, that was a perspective change and brought peace mm-hmm. in a time where there was very little yeah. of that. Yep. So I think you're right. Uh, being heaven minded and aware that what we have here is very limited and a blip on right. the radar compared Very to temporary. what we have. That's yeah. correct. Yes. That is absolutely correct. The mm-hmm. days might seem long, but you know, that the whole saying that the, that the years are short and yes. whatever that saying is, it's so true. Yes. Right? He's 26 now. Yeah. And I think back, I'm like, oh, there were days where he was, you know, he was sick and a fever yeah. and throwing up and, mm-hmm. you know, we could go on and on. Yes. But heaven's eternity. Yeah. And that's what's, and that's what matters. That's exciting. And that does bring peace. It does. Mm. So when have you found it challenging to embrace peace on the journey of motherhood? You know, I could easily talk about our other four kids and I'm not trying not to do that. But I can tell you that with, you know, with our other four children, not that there weren't challenges, but but there was just Mm. a lot of joy. I mean, Mm. just I loved like. Um, pretend play and, mm-hmm. and watching them reach new milestones yes. and um, just watching them grow and develop and learn and all of those things. It was just joy for me. Yeah. And so for Colton, because I knew what typical development looked mm-hmm. like, I couldn't pretend. Mm-hmm. Other people would say, oh, it's just a baby. 
Well, mm-hmm. um, it was a baby that didn't cry when I yes. left the room. It was a baby that couldn't latch on a nurse. Right. It was a baby that they whisked away immediately after birth and took him to a needle. You know, I mean, there was just nothing mm-hmm. that felt the same. And so right. um, the, the Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm-hmm. And I... I know that that is true. He mm. he was close during those times, though yes. I was angry at him. Mm-hmm. I felt very betrayed. Um, God mm-hmm. is my father, and my real father was killed in Vietnam. And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of came out the gate, if you will. I mean, six months old, yeah. but already with this challenge mm-hmm. of what to do when I was old enough to understand with this loss Mm. that was so significant, not only for me, but for my mother. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my mom is is this 22-year-old widow Mm. who's only functioning because she has this six-month-old baby to take care of. And I am convinced as much now as I know about trauma that my body absorbs some of that sadness. Now, Mm -hmm. genetically, my my dad had this um, very jovial personality, always a smile on his face, real upbeat. My mom, same way. Mm. So I don't struggle at all with depression or sadness. It's just not a part of my physical being. However, Mm -hmm. I did struggle with just sadness, Mm. you know, like, you know, I would take Colton to get his picture taken Mm -hmm. like I did my other kids and they would smile at a camera and he would sit there with this blank look on his face that I now know is autism. I just didn't know it at the time. Right. And then I, tears would fall. So I was Mm. grieving the loss Mm -hmm. of this baby and the loss of my dad at the same time. Yep which was really difficult. And so Mm. how you find peace in the midst of that Mm -hmm. is I think you just hang on, Mm. you know, maybe it wasn't the peace that my Christian friends thought it should look like, but it was a peace that said, you know, Jacob wrestled with God. God's okay if I wrestle with him and I'm not letting go. And Mm. and I'm not letting go until you show me Mm. that you love this baby as much as you love my other children, that you Mm. love this baby and that you love me because it felt like something bad happened to Colton in my womb. Mm. And where was God? Like, did he knit him in my womb? I thought he knit my other children. I looked at their 10 toes, their 10 fingers and, you know, Mm-hmm. perfection and it wasn't perfection we're humans we're yes. far from perfect right. but with colton it was duagenal atresia hernia mm-hmm. surgery right there were just all these medical things yeah. and i'm like where was god when he was knit in my womb and i had to come to terms with that i had to come to terms with who is god what's mm-hmm. god's character and what did what did David mean when he said those words? Were those were those just words of David or are those words that are true about every yeah. child created? Right? right. So I had a lot of a lot of theological work to really do. Mm-hmm. Um, God became bigger for me. He no longer fit in this space that I thought, you know, we, we call it a box. But yeah. what I believed to be true about God completely blew up. Mm. And I learned that he is so much bigger. I think what stands out to me in what you said is that the peace that comes or the peace that came to you mm-hmm. was only the peace that you could have gotten from knowing that there is more, knowing that God is bigger than you thought he was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he wasn't bigger. It wasn't that you thought the monstrosity of who he is into being. It's just that you realized it. I thought, you I, realized I thought it could be understood. Yeah. 
I thought I could make sense of. Yeah. I thought I could make sense of why bad things happen. Right. And that sounds terrible to say that about about a little boy, about a yeah. creation, about a human being. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's not even a fair thing to say, but it felt at the time mm-hmm. like something really bad had happened to this little boy mm-hmm. that this extra chromosome attached. And because yeah. of that, his stomach did not develop properly, mm-hmm. properly. He had a small hole in his heart. Yeah. You know, and so I just I thought I could understand it. And and I learned that it's not about understanding. Mm-hmm. It's about trusting mm-hmm. and walking through the hard and the joyful times yeah. w- with God. Yeah. And I guess what is encouraging to me in that and I hope will be encouraging to others listening is that by that standard or by that way of thinking or that mindset, Anyone can find peace if they recognize that it comes from God. It's not from my circumstances or even my ability to wrap my mind around the circumstances and fully accept because we can never completely do that. But by those standards of recognizing that there's more than what I can understand Mm -hmm. and what I can come to terms with. And no, mm-hmm. anybody can get there. Yes, Not right. today, maybe, but it's, it's right. a process still. Absolutely. But that anybody can find peace. Absolutely. And key for me was trust. Mm. Right? Did I really yeah. believe mm-hmm. that God was always going to provide mm-hmm. when I wasn't sure financially how we were going to pay yeah. for lots of things that yes. Colton needed? Right. Um, and then our other children needed, you know, their needs yeah. didn't go away. You know, they yeah. still wanted to play travel soccer and mm-hmm. dance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And God always provided. Yeah. Always. But yeah. sometimes it wasn't like early. Mm-hmm. And so was I going to trust through that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's great because you almost present a challenge, at least for me, in what you said is that he's going to provide. We can either trust in the waiting that he's going to or essentially flail until he does. And I want to meet that challenge and trust him in the waiting versus just flailing until he does. Because in the back of my mind, I know that he will Mm -hmm. in whatever financial need that is or medical need or relational need that I that I'm having that that is just not being met at this time. I want to trust that he will provide for it rather than just flail until mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah, he's trustworthy. I, I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Lori, what are some resources or words of encouragement that you can offer other mamas from a lens of peace? This might sound like uh, too simple, but the Bible. <laughs> I, I, I just think we spend so much time reading other things. Mm-hmm. And I have a son who's my 30-year-old. He's an attorney. And he's like, Mm. he's just so into scripture. And Mm. he's so, he's just so intelligent. And so he can, he can look at commentaries and understand things that I, I've been a Christian since I was 13 that I, Mm. I'm like, oh, it just challenges me to like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've got to be in the word more. So he said like, mom, you know, when you wake up, before you let yourself open up Facebook or even eat a bite of food, right? You know, I, I challenge you to, mm. I think you literally said it that way, to to read the word. And so I got the Bible app on my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, I can do that. Mm. And so honestly, I think there's too much out there yeah. that's not really uh, yeah. in line with God's word, to be mm. honest. Too many other things that talk about ways to find peace. I don't believe there's any other way mm. than 
time alone with God, Mm -hmm. where he is teaching us who we are in him. Mm -hmm. Not what the world says we are, not what someone else says we should or shouldn't be doing. What is God saying to me Mm. and listening to his voice and reading his word? Mm -hmm. To me, that's the only resource we truly need. Yeah. And then the other would just be people that support us in doing that. Right? Yeah. Not people that tell us what to do, mm. but people that listen and honestly pray for us mm-hmm. that God will give us his peace mm. in his time, in his way. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone praying for me and me having uh, God's word and time with him. I promise you, all of us will get there. Yeah. Right. I, I say me, but I mean, all I mean, yes. it's true for all of us. I think it's really all that we need mm. to love and be loved. Yeah. And others. that is, I mean, that in and of itself feels like to me a word of encouragement because it's not overcomplicated. No. Like with the the first question, how beautiful is something simple? Yep. And God's word is easy to find. I mean, for most of us. Yeah. An app or or a book that you can purchase and have and hold in your hands. And hopefully easy to find a friend who's willing to pray over you and connect with you. Uh, if not, find me, call me, text me, yeah. message me on Instagram, um, because I'm willing to do that for anybody. But yeah, simple, but powerful. I think we complicate things. I complicated. Mm-hmm. I complicated being Colton's mom. No yes. question about it. But yeah. it, again, part of it is I wanted to do the right thing. And mm-hmm. the right thing says all of these resources. And I'm not trying. I, I have the most respect for OTs, PTs, mm-hmm. uh, speech therapists. We need them. Yeah. I think I took what they were teaching me mm-hmm. too far, to be yes. honest with you. Yeah. I think simple is best mm. because there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. And the greatest commandment to love others. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think your capacity to really love can be zapped away Mm. if you're so task focused on all these things that have to be done yeah and so to me it's about simple it's about playing and interacting and hugging and bonding and nurturing and cuddling and reading books and listening to music and 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 developmentally Mm. he was going to get to the same space yeah i just I just believe the people that told me that that wasn't the case. But I, I know, I know differently now. I don't know I'm saying that's true for, maybe that's not true for others. Yeah. I only know my own children. Yes. And I can yeah. tell you that even my baby son, I, mm. I just thought, man, I don't think we read to him enough. You know, mm. you know, I was all about reading to the others and every night and yeah. bedtime routine. Right. But boy, boy, when you get to number five, I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I read to him enough. <laughs> um, and so he took this one test at school. I want to say it was like mm. second grade or something. And his test came back like that he needed title one. I was just like, oh, no. Like, is this another child with, you know, special? I just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. I, I just was shocked by it. So different than his siblings. Mm. That child just graduated magna cum laude. He's mm. absolutely fun. So here I spent this time worrying, which is the opposite of peace. Yes. And feeling guilty about, did I not read to him enough? And yeah. and if you look at him today, oh, what what a he's amazing what an incredible little guy as Colton you know I say little guy because they're always little little to me yeah. a young man as <laughs> Colton too. is as well like right. he Colton was gonna get there mm-hmm. just like Casey got there mm-hmm. I put way too much pressure on myself as a parent yeah. and I would encourage parents to love their children mm-hmm. love their spouses love God with all their heart. And know that it's really going to be okay. Lay that worry at God's feet yeah. and, and trust him that he will 
meet those deficits, those places where we feel like we're not enough, Mm -hmm. that he is enough and he will surround us with what we need just when we need it. And and your children are going to be incredible. Mm. I really believe that. Yeah. No, that's so helpful and fills me with peace to hear that because I can be a similar way. And I mean, there's just is a lot of pressure that we can put on ourselves and the more that we can release that yeah. and trust that in loving, God's going to get us there yeah, and get them there. Absolutely. No matter which path we choose, there are yeah. hundreds of thousands yeah. of paths we could choose yeah. and they all lead to the same place if we are in Correct. tune and follow the leading of the spirit in our lives. That's right. I just want to thank you, truthfully, for what you're doing for mothers uh, through your podcast. And uh, those that follow you, I I know, will be blessed uh, by this whole series that you're doing. So thank you for listening to God and and the way that you're doing that and for inviting me again. I just want to leave with John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I think that we still sometimes are afraid, mm-hmm. but, but, but we acknowledge that we lay that at God's feet. It's mm-hmm. not that our relationship with God and his word makes us no longer human. Right. Right. You know, I, I was talking to a colleague about this whole notion of faith over fear and mm-hmm. I love that, but I've mm-hmm. had faith alongside fear. <laughs> right. right. And, and I, and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Cause sometimes I think we can, or at least I can feel guilty if, oh no, I f- I'm afraid yeah. that's not, that's a, that's a sin. Well, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, but this side of heaven, I, I'm still in this human body. Yeah. And so sure. I have to uh, just continue to remind myself mm-hmm. that it's God that's doing the work in me mm-hmm. and that it's his peace that he will give me. And I, I sometimes still can be afraid. Yes. Well, Lori, thank you so much for um, just sharing a little piece of your motherhood journey with us. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening and for taking the time to pause and turn inward today. It is so important to remember to take care of yourself in the midst of caring for everyone else. A special thanks to Lori for being willing to share with us about her journey of motherhood. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss a single mindful moment. For more mindful motherhood content, you can find me on Instagram at Maggie Metz. Until next time, be mindful, mama.